Welcome to Granite State Matters, the busy person's way to catch up with what's happening in Concord. Because the extremists are taking over the state house, And what you don't know can hurt you. I'm Steve Marchand. Welcome to this episode of Granite State Matters, where we will introduce you to some really rising stars, real talents uh, in New Hampshire politics and policy uh, coming from different walks of life. So we love doing this. We did an episode sort of like this earlier this year, uh, one of the most fun episodes we've done, and uh, really proud to see just the amount of talent that's decided to spend some time making life better for their communities. So now that we've puffed up our guests, how about that? Let's introduce them. Let's just, let's get right into it. Um, our first guest, Laura Lee Godfrey, 17 years old uh, from the seacoast, has been involved at a younger age than most of us really would imagine on environmental issues, on a lot of other organizing efforts uh, that I'm very excited to get into that I think can act as an inspiration to a lot of other people, young and not as young, in New Hampshire. Uh, and we have a couple of local uh, and uh, state-level elected officials uh, from our state's two biggest cities. Uh, we have Alderwoman Christine Fajardo from Manchester, my hometown. Love it. You, you got it. And then uh, my friend Manny Espizia, state representative from Nashua, but so much more. That, that description does not feel sufficient. And I think by the end of the episode, that will become clearer as well. So Laura Lee, Christine Manny, very excited to have you all here today. Thanks for taking some time to talk about what's going on and how we can get other people uh, in the game in New Hampshire civic life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To be here. So let me start with this, and whoever wants to hop in first, uh, go for it. We'll go around the horn. One of the most common questions I hear from people who have not been involved either in organizing groups or running for local office or state representative is uh, the intimidation factor. How do you go from outside looking in to taking that big step and jumping into the fray? Um, and everybody's got a great story for it, whatever it is. So somebody grab that. How did you decide to get into the game? Well, I'll, maybe I can start because I am I think I'm the newest to the game. Uh, this is Christine. And um, I, I have been paying attention to politics for, you know, many years. And I think I've been engaged to a certain degree. But when uh, my husband and I moved to Manchester, you know, it was just like, you just feel how local it is in in New Hampshire, which is the great thing about New Hampshire politics. But then also, at at, at my actual street address, you know, it just was right there. And so as I started to integrate myself into the you know the community in Manchester, I just immediately started to feel like, gosh, this is pretty accessible. But to your question, you know, it's still intimidating, and it's like, where would I even begin? So I kind of set out in my head because I'm a planner, a, a bit of a five-year plan. Mm -hmm. But right. then as politics will will do, sent me a couple of, you know, uh, curveballs. So it's like my five-year plan actually reduced down to 2.5. And so, um, but I, I, that's because I met so many people very quickly, got engaged. And as soon as you uh, sort of whisper to someone, you know, I might be interested in this. People swarm around you and they, you know, want to support you and see you get engaged. And so that that was my experience. I, I mentioned it to my neighbor. And next thing I know, she was telling the mayor and 
after that, I was uh, filing paperwork. There you go. It, it seems like it was slow, and then it got very fast very quickly, right? Absolutely. I would, uh, this is uh, Manny SPTS, so I would like to just go off of that because I think that's one of the beautiful things about New Hampshire is that it's so easy to get involved. Um, I came to the state in 2015, Was came as an organizer for Hillary Clinton's primary campaign, um, and stayed after the primary. I just, I loved it here, and especially my community of Nashua. I worked for the mayor, and I just, doing constituent services, hearing from folks what they needed, whether it was their trash being picked up, their street being paved, or or larger issues around their schools or things like that. I just, I knew that there was a need and the community I live in, uh, the tree streets, especially there is, it's one of the more um, communities that's incredibly diverse and very strong working class community. Um, And, you know, I just felt the need. I want to represent these people in Concord. I want to be their voice, especially considering it's the largest Hispanic community in the state. And we didn't have, anyone who was Hispanic representing them at the time. So I decided to, you know, take that up and uh, decided to run in 2018. Just like Christine said, though, I was not, you know, I was expecting to do this further into the future. I wasn't expecting (laughs) to do it right away at 28. And so I did it and got lucky, got elected. Um, And uh, the rest has been history. I've been serving, I'm on my second term and um, serve as the Democratic floor leader as well for our caucus. So, um, and it's just been, it's so it's so good to have so many young voices um, also serving as the president of the New Hampshire Young Dems just to make sure that our caucus is that their voices of young people are being heard up in the state house. So and we can talk more about it as we go along. And Laura Lee, uh, you have I mean, there have been a lot of stories written about your work <laughs> in the last couple of years with a heavy emphasis on sustainability, environmental protection, electrification of our auto. For, I mean, a lot of a wide range. Uh Talk about how you you got into the game the way you have. Absolutely. So my first foray into the New Hampshire legislature, you could say, started when I was pretty young, maybe around 14 or so. And I just remember seeing and growing up in an age of social media where I'm just being inundated with so much politics, essentially. And I couldn't vote. And I didn't know how I could make a difference and how I could be heard in make a change for the people in my community that I cared about. So around two years ago or so, I applied and joined the New Hampshire Legislative Youth Advisory Council, which is essentially a statutory committee that writes policy recommendations for the legislature. And through that firsthand experience, I got to better understand like what an LSR is, how a bill gets bounced back and forth between the two chambers, and how it eventually becomes a law. And in my mind, that was the most straightforward way to make a difference by writing a law. But then I ultimately realized that it's not just about making a law, it's about helping your community. And that's why I really got involved with sustainability is because my peers and I really valued protecting our incredible and stunning New Hampshire environment and it felt impossible to get laws passed about it but we could make a difference by organizing beach cleanups or organizing composting at our school systems so it really is uh there are really two paths to making a difference whether that's through the legislature or just through organizing in your community i think that takes a lot of the edge off of it for folks too right there are multiple ways to like we were saying earlier get in the game um, and I think anybody who's been in elected office 
a relatively small number of people speaking in a convincing and thoughtful fashion uh, can really move the needle, uh, particularly at the, I think the local level, maybe more I, that's a lot of my background as I, as I look at Christine, uh, Christine, compare in the in the brief time relatively brief time you've been in elected office four months yeah i mean that's well i guess that's brief yeah but compare it uh so far to what you anticipated your experience would be like how has been better or maybe more challenging or just or just different yeah that's a great question and i kind of just naturally keep reflecting on it um as i'm going through it well i'll start by saying on sort of the more official side which laura lee was describing kind of that path that maybe includes, you know, legislation and, and, and all the sort of official points. I'm learning a lot about how government works, um, certainly at the city level. And the, the learning curve, I feel like it's pretty steep. I'm very grateful to all the different uh, members of um, department directors, and they've been super generous with time and answering questions. Um, you know, so and, and really, they are the ones that make the city run. And uh, so the, the the closer I get to that, the more um, gratitude I feel toward, um, you know, all the people sort of behind the curtains, so to speak. So that's been a, a happy moment of learning for me where it's, you know, just really getting to see how all the levers and dials and, and cogs are, are kind of, you know, situated. Um, I'm I'm I, I'm a nerd, so I love all of it, and it's been really great. I we are in budget season right now, mm. and so that's been a really um, steep learning curve as well. Um, I guess I'll I'll step back for a second to say I have no. I, I just would say often knocking on doors like, hey, I'm just a regular person. I'm not a politician, and uh, I don't know about how all these things were. I didn't and I kind of don't and I'm learning as I go and um, so really everything is just new and and I'm enjoying that while also at the same time really feeling um, humbled by how real it is and how you know I, I stepped up I raised my hand I did the work now I have the seat and it's like I got to do something with it and so I, I'm both working hard and enjoying it while also feeling humbled by it and um, motivated. That's a very healthy way of looking at it. I mean, it is a servant position, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It should be. That's that's the idea. Uh, speak. I mean, Manny, you perhaps no position in the country, in terms of elected, is designed to be more servant structured than a state representative in the state of New Hampshire. As many of our listeners probably know, four hundred members, two year term. You're back on the ballot just as fast as you were you were on it. What has that experience been like compared to what you expected? And and um, what are the kind of the unique challenges to being in such a large legislature? You have been as part of both the majority and the minority in your relatively short time in the legislature. Compare that as well in the experience. Oh, man, I will say being it, going from the majority to the minority, you, whew, you get spoiled real quick in the majority. And then once you're in the minority, it's uh, it's a whole other ballgame, so to speak. So in both in both times, it's you're really still trying to work hard to get, you know, people in your caucus and then also members of the other caucus to agree with you. I mean, in in order to pass bills in, in the state house, especially right now, it's you know, you got to have bipartisan support. Um if you want to get something that's truly meaningful, um, I mean, 
I say that, but then there's also times where hyperpartisanship kind of takes over, um, and and folks just pass some pretty awful things. So, um, but you know, for us being in the Democratic minority, we're working hard as you know to try to make sure we can do whatever we can um, to to you know try to get things around housing, try to get things done around um, you know mental health issues um, some truly I think bipartisan issues that will help help folks out in the long run um, and then you know with serving I think being in the legislature has been very tricky um, when you're when you're work when you're doing work at the same time you're trying to balance mm-hmm. a full-time job and you're trying to you know try mm-hmm. not not just serve in in my seat but also as a member of leadership trying to help guide the caucus in in the right direction um and so i think that's the other part that no one really tells you about there's also there's the the policy side of it where you're you're working hard to craft great policy that will improve the lives of people but then also the the people part where you're in the politics it's where really the politics happens where you're really trying to help shape people's uh, minds around why they need to get this policy done. So things like, you know, med, uh, dental in uh, Medicaid plans, you know, I think that is something that's going to help so many people around our state. Uh, but it's something that, you know, we have to help get people there. Um, and, you know, I think the best example of this, and I'll wrap up with this, is, you know, I think the abolishing of the death penalty under our former leader, Randy Cushing, that was something that had, you know, took decades and decades of work. But, you know, at the end of the day, it passed by a single vote, um, overturning mm-hmm. a governor's veto. So, you know, I think that, you know, and Randy Cushing was somebody who was willing to work with anybody mm-hmm. to get, you know, to get, get it through. So um, whether it was a Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, he was always willing to do the work. And Laura Lee, it's um, interesting. It feels like you've got a couple of different roles that you've played in in the last few years one more formal and structured on the um the uh legislative youth advisory council that's that has more of a institutional vibe to it and then there's this more entrepreneurial element right you helping found uh something truly grassroots so there's one that's much more entrepreneurial in nature which i i always greatly admire because that takes an extra something an extra gear of initiative. Um, and I guess talk to me a little bit about the difference in how you approach this one when you're starting it from the ground up, the other when you're hopping into something that exists that's part of an institution. How have you dealt with those two different kinds of experiences thus far? That is a good question. I would say from the institutional aspect of the Legislative Youth Advisory Council, my perspective there is really to just learn as much as I can. I get to speak with incredible people incredible legislators, government staff, the House clerk, and take those lessons. And then for the organization that I founded, I get to apply that knowledge and actually put it to work. For example, on behalf of that organization, SECO Students for Sustainability, I've gone and testified at the State House. I've collaborated with legislators. I'm working with city council members on writing our climate action plan. So it's really an example and a way for me to essentially put to work all the incredible things that I've learned by watching our legislature and make a difference from there. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. I take that. I want to stick with you, Laura Lee, for a minute. The um, you're let's say you're talking to folks um, around your age, your peer group, teenagers, young adults, late teens, early twenties. We know 
Unfortunately, that in terms of voting turnout, uh, various forms of, we'll call it traditional engagement, the numbers are typically lower. And a lot of established politicians will say, hey, look, I would give more. They'll say this in a much nicer way. All right. But they'll say basically, hey, look, I would put more priority on younger voters issues. I would go to more events organized by younger people, except for Y'all just don't come out and vote. And if I don't win the election, then, you know, I'm not able to make a difference. So I've got to go focus on folks that are typically on the older set. Pushing back on that in order to get the people that are making decisions today to see what you see. Um, how do you get them there when that's often the bias that they exhibit when they start the, um, the process? Absolutely. So there are kind of two responses to that question. Firstly, even if someone isn't voting you should still be working to represent them down the future or down the line because they're going to be the people who are going to have to deal with the consequences of what these legislators pass. And then secondly, in terms of raising awareness amongst my peers, I think, you know, small scale organizations that work with high schools like what my organization is doing is kind of the best approach because it's really that one on one connection that you can make with people that really inspires them to make that difference. And I don't think a lot of people, especially among my peer group, know how incredible and unique the New Hampshire legislature is. For example, like I live right across the street from my state representative and I've sent hundreds of emails to state representatives and gotten responses. And in no other state do you have that kind of accessibility or reach or connection with the people who are out there making the laws. And I think once more people learn about that, it can definitely be maximized and that inspires people to reach out more and take action. So again, it does really go back to just making sure that we are educated and continue to educate others. It is kind of neat when you live across the street from your state mm -hmm. representative <laughs> or uh, city councilor and that kind of thing. Uh, and it is true. You got more of that. You got more houses with a legislator across the street than any state in the country. <laughs> and that's kind of a nice place to start. Uh, Manny, I want to piggyback on that about the legislature and transition a little bit in the conversation to getting more people that are not in the game uh, into it. So uh, as you alluded to, Manny, it's not just the time you spend voting, right? There's a ton of work. And if you try to play a leadership role on issues or, or in your party, obviously more work. And you're trying to balance this as a younger person with paying the rent, uh, with raising a family uh, and a variety of other responsibilities that sometimes fade away uh, for a lot of our folks that are, say, 65 and older that are in the legislature, of which it, there are many. So, Manny, how do we get more people that are of a kind of prime age, working age, younger adults into running for office. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Christine a similar question at the local level because there's some differences there. Mm -hmm. um, Manny's folks have to deal with commuting, for example, right? In yes. a way that local don't so much. Manny, how do you get folks past those barriers running for office in 2022 and beyond? So I think what Laura Lee said earlier about the, like the idea that you can reach out to your legislator and you can hear back or you may live across the street. I think that is a big part of this. I think the idea of being able to hold somebody accountable and you can actually reach out to somebody. So, you know, if you see that you're having somebody who is just not listening to the concerns of the people, then you start to ask yourself, well, then 
why don't I just do this? Why don't like I? Why don't I run? Um, I want to like you know I can see that I can probably do you know fight for the issues like funding our public schools and trying to make sure that we have an environmental plan, um, especially as we as climate the climate is changing and we're seeing you know the the ramifications of that. So you know with the New Hampshire Young Democrats, I think for us we are training, we're uh, recruiting, and we're electing young Dems across the state, and we're trying to give them the support that they need so that they can feel empowered to be able to serve, whether that's, you know, helping them with their campaigns, whether that's helping them once they get elected. I think a big part of it is a lot of times people are just are scared because they don't know anything about, like, what's, what's out there. So I think, A, when they start to learn about how the process works, they realize, oh, you know what, this is doable. And there are ways to serve in our legislature and fight for the issues that you care about without having to you know, give up all, you know, your future dreams. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm able to do the things I'm able to do. And if I wanted to take a step back, I could, I I could do it. Um, And I have colleagues who, who they're, you know, they balance, you know, families, a full-time job. And what they do is they do, you know, they, they are on a committee that meets maybe a little bit less, um, but they're still learning about the legislative process and they're still able to, you know, file bills. Um, and for some people, they're like, you know what, this is my issue. This is what I'm going to fight for. Um, I'm still going to fight for all the, or I'm still going to show up and vote on all the other issues, but this is the one thing I'm, I'm really here for. So, um, and, you know, because we're such a large body, we're able to do it. So, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, being able to make that change at the state level, you know, feel free to reach out to to me, uh, the New Hampshire Young Dems, or or just any of the the Young Dems currently serving, because we're we're always here to help, and that's you know, community is a big part of being able to serve. So, I found in my time in local office, Christine, that uh, when I had to appoint people uh, to committees, mm-hmm. the, the mayor in Portsmouth, that um, uh, folks would say, "Look, I've got a family, work, or in a few cases, even a health related issue." Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some you know, land use boards at the local level, which could take all day, every day if you wanted them to. And there are others that are well, just frankly not as intense. They're not unimportant. They're just not as time intense. Uh, and I think a lot of folks don't realize that there is some flexibility for real people yeah. uh, when they're doing it. Reflect on that a little bit in your time as an, as an older woman. And uh, what are some of the things that you think people are afraid of when it comes to maybe getting involved in local office? that uh, that you want to dispel? Yeah, well, I can rattle off a few because I was afraid of them not that long ago. <laughs> the first one being that, you know, I, I do have a full-time job. And um, so the very first question I needed to answer for myself was time commitment. Can I do this? And can I be effective at it? I didn't want to, you know, make the commitment and then show up, you know, maybe only halfway. So... That was the first thing that I really needed to get my head around. And I think I, I can say on, you know, this the state legislator side, we have, you know, it's maybe a little more complex because the schedule and, you know, Manny can speak to this more accurately. But, you know, the schedule sometimes does or oftentimes includes uh, nine to five. And I'm very lucky because basically my work, um, my official work for the city starts at 5 p.m. So it's it's really nice. And in fact, tomorrow I'll, you know, I'll work my full day. I'll change into adult clothes, as, as I like to say, because <laughs> I work remotely. So <laughs> I, I go from my comfy remote outfit to my official clothes <laughs> and just, you know, hustle down the street. 
so that's very convenient. And I think um, to your point about, you know, what are what are things that people um, maybe are curious about? So I would say, obviously, running for alderman is is kind of one of the bigger roles in the city. But there are so many, I'm using air quotes, smaller roles, but that are very critical, as critical or more critical. You know, I have constituents reaching out to me about issues, thinking that I can influence them. And I'll say, actually, that's not even going to make it to the board. I'm, I'm never going to even vote on that. Here are the departments or the people that you're going to, or the boards that you're going to want to reach out to, to um, make your voice heard. And of course, I'm happy to help facilitate that process. So, you know, ensuring that people's voices can be heard in the right places. But the the point being is that we have, and this isn't unique to Manchester, I think this is a, a probably across the whole country. There are so many boards and committees that don't require, you know, running, they're appointed, and often they sit vacant. So a, a if you even just want to put your toe in the water and see what it's like to get engaged in a more formal way, start by looking to understand what roles are open. Um, you can reach, certainly you can reach out to me. I'm always happy to help in, in the Manchester context. But I think, you know, calling your city hall or your town hall to find out what are the vacant roles and does one appeal to you and can you fit it into your, um, you know, your other commitments. I think just starting with answering that first question, I think, would be a, a, a critical place because, you know, we all, even if we don't have a full-time job, there's a, there's so many different things that people juggle in their day-to-day lives. And so, you know, just understanding, like, how, how will this fit into the other things that I'm trying to balance in my life? Mm. And then I, you know, just decided, okay, I'm going to give it a go. And I will say, it's it's a lot. I definitely feel like I'm juggling a lot, but I feel like it's a it's a wonderful trade-off because I think, you know, I'm I'm also able to be effective, which was an open question for me. You know, would that will this job even be something that I'll feel excited about? And so far the answer is yes, but that's a that's another discussion. What was the moment that you went from yeah, maybe uh, to uh holy crap, uh, you know what? I'm doing it. <laughs> um it was when my uh well, we, we sort of unofficially think of each other as running mates, but the uh, Ward 4 Board of School Committee rep, Leslie Want, she li- literally lives right around this corner from me. And, you know, we were we started out as friendly neighbors saying hello as we'd walk our dogs past each other, more conversation. And, you know, then we became friendly neighbors. And then um, next thing I know, I started to ask her a lot of questions about her role and how do you do it and how do you run and what's the campaign like and what's the time commitment like? And she was like, you know, you're asking a lot of questions about this. And <laughs> so she sort of sniffed it out. And and that's when I said, yeah, I, I think I might want to run for alderman. And then she literally just started telling people. And at first I was like, oh man, this feels really uncomfortable. But then I was like, no, but I really want to do this. So I'm just going to say, yes, I, I am going to run. And so I it was sort of a fake it till you make it moment, frankly. But um, yeah, I went from just thinking I, I need to ask questions and understand to, yeah, I think I can manage this. And I start to kind of put that vibe out there. And, and then I just decided I'm going to go for it. And I did the research to understand what formal steps I needed to take, which is like filing papers and writing a check for 50 bucks and then just knocking on as many doors as I could handle. There is that moment when you uh, 
uh, get in the newspaper for the first time because you have decided to found an organization and lead an effort, or you have decided to throw your name in the, your hat in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for running for elected office. Uh, there's the moment that you've passed the Rubicon. And you're like, okay, this isn't just me talking to my friends or my spouse or my neighbor. Yeah. I guess this the cat is out of the bag now. I'm doing this, um, and uh, it's an exciting, it's, it's a it's a scary moment, but it, it's it's an exciting moment as well. Um, and I think most folks can handle it better than they think they will in the yes. moment before they jump in the pool. Always, it's the unknown, right? And this is like kind of an obscure thing. And I, I, but I think the beauty of it. And many spoke to this, Laura Lee. You spoke to it. It's like. I'm just, you know, we're all kind of normal people, right? We're just, we're just normal people. And we, but we, we have this urge, I'd like to do more. And there's so many different ways that you can go from listening and paying attention to getting engaged. And I think just trusting, being curious, asking the questions, finding, you know, Manny, you mentioned this, having a community is really important. So find the people who share your, your point of view and, and areas of interest and, you know, watch and learn and then take that next step. There you go. And if I can jump in here, sure, if that's of okay. I really think you can see the wide range of ways that you can get involved from, you know, maybe just founding organization and staying active with your peer group to running for local or state office. There are so many different avenues you can take mm. to make that change in your community. Maybe not a bad place to kind of tie it up here as we, we finish up. And Laura Lee, I'll start, I'll start with you. You, you do set an example, right? You're all setting an example that opens the door a little wider to other folks who can relate to you in one way or another. Whenever we expand the diversity of people by age, by race, by socioeconomic, how long you've lived in the state, let's face it, most people in New Hampshire were not from New Hampshire. And I used to think that that was a problem. And then people were like, well, you're from New Hampshire? Get out of here. I'm not. What are you saying? It's, I'm like, I'll stop. I'll stop. So the, the more diversity we have in experiences, the more we crack the door open. So Laura Lee, we look, you can pick the number of years out. I'm not asking you, any of you to announce your presidential campaign for 2036 <laughs> today or whatever. Uh, though if you do, we got news. That's kind of nice. Uh, Laura Lee, what, like... Next steps. What are some of the things you'd like to do here in the months and years to come to build off of the work you're already doing? That is a great question. Again, definitely just starting small with my organization. We're planning on building, you know, composting receptacles for a local business, hosting a green symposium, trying to reach out to our peers and making sure they know how to compost or they know how to get registered to vote. But in the long term, definitely something I am really passionate about is public policy and helping my community in that way. So that's something I'd study in college. I've also been really inspired by local officials that I'm familiar with in Portsmouth, like my city manager or uh, city councilors. So that might be in the cards for me one day, but definitely something in government for sure. I think what the United States has and what New Hampshire has specifically is so unique and I want to make sure that as many people know about it and can access it as possible. Yeah. I, will, I will vote for you. There you Thank go. You. <laughs> this is, there we go. It starts like that. Manny, how about you? You're uh, you're in the legislature. You've done this now a couple of terms. Um, 
What do you What do you see the next few years and beyond for you? What do you want to be doing? I mean, I want to continue to help inspire young people to run for office with uh, the New Hampshire Young Dems. Um, for me, I you know I'm very I'm very, I'm represented by an amazing state senator and Cindy Rosenwald who is um, who actually inspired me to run. Um, and you know I, I I personally would love to actually do some more local uh, more local stuff. So I may. Um, I'm, I'm looking at some local stuff, but at the same time, I, you know, I love the state house at the end of the day. It is, uh, it is truly the people's house. I really, and I want to work to make it even more reflective and have more young people. So my goal for 2022 is just to get as many young people elected as I possibly can, um, with my organization and with, well, I shouldn't say my organization, but with the New Hampshire Young Dems and, uh, and yeah, I'm just I'm excited for the future of uh, of how many young people we can get involved in 2022, 2023, and beyond. And Christine, you mentioned it earlier. In the very near term, you guys are working on the uh, Manchester budget, if mm. I'm not mistaken. That's that's plenty in the. I mean, that's intense. <laughs> yes. There's a lot going around, and it's a tough time for local governments. It it's is. a very challenging time. It, uh, it is. What? Uh, but look out uh, in the months and years ahead. You're liking it so far. It sure sounds like. Do you see yourself doing more of this and where do you go? Yeah, so I think, uh, so I'm four months in and I've definitely spent a good portion of my time just trying to learn about more of the the logistics of government. And in the last few weeks, I've started to turn my attention more squarely toward my ward and what's going on for the people my neighbors in Ward 4. And I find myself kind of more drawn to the advocacy side of things in realizing that, you know, I, I hold this seat. You know, I, I kind of took more of this formal path in, but now I'm sitting in this seat and I want to try to connect that to um, more of the grassroots side. And and I will say, you know, to echo Laura Lee's point earlier about really people should reach out to their local representatives. People call me all the time and I really appreciate it. You know, I'll, I'll have people say, oh, I don't want to bug you. I was like, no, this is what I signed up for. And it's, you know, to go back to your earlier question about, you know, what are some bright spots? That's definitely one of them of, you know, all the stuff that goes on day to day. When I solve a simple problem for someone, that's when I feel really good. And so I, I'm mm. kind of following that kind of trend at the moment and thinking about how do I get more closely connected to um, my constituents in Ward 4, more broadly in the city, of course. But, um, you know, I want to make sure that the people in Ward 4, which is one of the more diverse wards in the city, you know, how, how those people who aren't as engaged for a whole number of really good reasons how can they still be represented in City Hall? Um, I could go into detail, but, um, you know, things like safe, safer, cleaner streets. And, and when I say safer streets, I mean we have, you know, two-lane neighborhood highways cutting through a few of our wards that are very dangerous and um, create lots of negative impacts. So looking at those types of quality of life, environmental justice, um, you know, true advocacy work that I think is is more of that's needed um, 
on, on for those of us sitting in these sort of official roles to to connect the dots there between city hall and real life. And I got to say that even I spent four years in local office and the benefits of the experience, the knowledge gained, you know, knowing what it's like to sit in the chair you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the years since then has proven very valuable in trying to be an advocate uh, because you can directly relate to the folks that will succeed you in the various offices. You know what pressures they face, uh, the the sheer math of decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also you can recall what kind of advocacy in your time uh, resonated perhaps best with you. I, so I I found it to, it to be exciting and very useful for many years uh, since then. And it's great in, in the real time. Um, I know we have to close out, but I did want to, besides thanking each of you, I want to give each of you in your own disparate ways a chance to either plug something or to at least if folks want to reach out as a constituent or if you've got some cause, let let us know on the way out the door here, right? So uh, Christine, as an older woman or however, uh, how could folks... Uh, get a holding if they have a question in their community or learn more? Well, the city website has um, all of my information, <laughs> including my home address, which is a, another oh. fun of the, one of those like real moments <laughs> where you're like, oh, <laughs> privacy. Um, so yeah, you can find me. I'm, I'm very findable now on the manchesternh.gov website. And so if anyone wants to reach out for, to me for city stuff, uh, for Ward 4 stuff or for, hey, I'm just, I have some questions. Yeah. Please reach out. I, or I'm more open, than happy. Uh, maybe open committee uh, opportunities, yep. volunteer open committee. opportunities. Yep. If you're just like, hey, what first five steps did you take to set up a campaign? Whatever. Anything. Happy to, <laughs> happy to help and always looking to kind of, you know, pay it forward because a lot of people supported me. Yeah. Uh, Laura Lee, how about you? You've got uh, a lot of things going on. How can folks learn more about what you're doing? Uh, yeah, so I think the best place to start would be Seacoast Students for Sustainability's website, which is s the number four snh.org. So s number four snh.org, and we post articles about how to stay sustainable, how to get in touch with your government, our stances on policy issues like offshore wind or EVs uh, in our state fleet. So it's a good place to stay up to date with environmental policy as well as just learn how to access the legislature yourself. And I think if that's the only thing you take away from today's conversation is that you should and need to call your local, state, federal representatives and let them know what you care about. That's great advice. And Manny, you got your uh, hands in a number of things as well. How can folks learn more about what you're up to? Well, you can always email me at Manny, the word for NH at gmail.com. I'm always reachable there. Um, also, if you want to take a look at information about New Hampshire Young Dems, check out nhyd.org. You can always find great information. Or if you're interested in running, you can fill out our uh, our intake form there. And I mean, for me, I'm just interested in Laura Lee's future run for mm-hmm. office and like <laughs> anything I can do. Nope, like she's coming donation. to Manchester. That's uh, there like, we go. Sorry, like, National. Stick in the seacoast. That's my that's my Portsmouth centric <laughs> advice. So, but but yeah, I would take Laura Lee's advice. Contact your your local, your state, your federal um, person uh, elected um, because it is easier than you think. It is so much easier than you think. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, Christine, Laura Lee, Manny, thank you all so much for taking time and for all that you're doing. You're making a difference. You're setting an example. And uh, hopefully we can spread that gospel to a few more people through today's show. Thank you all again. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. 
This has been Granite State Matters episode on rising young leaders here in New Hampshire with Laura Lee Godfrey, Christine Fajardo, and Manny Espitia. In our next episode, we'll discuss making New Hampshire more family-friendly. You can follow our bi-weekly podcast at your favorite podcast provider and share it with friends and neighbors. Because extremists are taking over the statehouse, and what you don't know can hurt you.